What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 9, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Thor's Hammer. You can find us, you can, on Google Play Podcasts, on Spotify Podcasts, and on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Indeed, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, though sometimes it gets weird. Uh, Trust me, the episodes are there, even though they're not in order, and at first it doesn't look like they're there at all. Thanks, Apple. Uh, When you're there, though, rate us, review us, give us a five-star rating, do all that lovely stuff. Tell your friends all about us. It'll be wonderful. We'll love you forever. And good karma will come your way. Ooh, and if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. I am always amazed that you're able to just rip through that. You must be practicing that. I only practice it when we're podcasting. <laughs> Should I try again? W L K I. Well, as I learned last time, <clears throat> it's 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 uh, you know it's hard to do, and it's it, a long way. But hey, guess what, Zach? Yes, there's another way that people can get a hold of us. Really? How yes. could somebody else get a hold of us if they didn't have email? Well, if they didn't have email, but they somehow had Twitter, they have a strange Ooh. life indeed. Especially because Twitter won't let you do a thing without email. But guess what? We've got a Twitter feed. We have a Twitter feed. It's there's at cur- Stargate Walking. Yeah, it's Star at Stargate Walking. Um, there's currently one tweet on there. It's because I manage it, and um, I I need to spend a little more time. I don't know. Whatever. I yeah. So I'll probably only be. I don't know. Maybe I'll do cool stuff on it. But for the moment, it's like, hey, there's a new episode out. Which, speaking of, I, we launched one a couple of days ago, and I forgot to put it on Twitter. See, oh. I'm already failing at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brent, uh, you're doing better than me, because at our last last time we talked together, you said that you were going to get a Twitter account going, and I was going to get a Facebook page going, and, and clearly you at least have gotten the, fa- the Twitter account going, and, uh, and that's true. I have not yet gotten Facebook. But don't worry, it is coming eventually. Eventually, it it's, will be there, and it's like so many things with our podcast. It's it's a it, 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 patience, people. Those with patience have the virtues. Um, and never mind. Okay, so if you have patience, you have virtues. So does yeah. that mean a doctor is very virtuous because so he virtuous. has lots of patience? It's ridiculous, unless he's just starting out or she's just starting out. In which case, you know. Well, then I guess that that like she's borrowing on other people's virtues at that point. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we just keep going? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Please save me from myself. <laughs> uh, I cannot do that for you, Brent. <laughs> you are on your own. Okay. Um, okay. So today's episode, Thor's Hammer, is directed by uh, Brad Turner. This is his first directing uh, job for SG-1. Mm-hmm. He will have a total of eight uh, when the series is all said and done. He's also got a ton of other credits, including something from Battlestar Galactica, Smallville, lots nice. from Stargate Atlantis, 24, yeah. Hawaii Five O, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's also directed episodes from both Twilight Zones, huh. the 1985 and the 2002. 
Nice. So he's been all over the place, but yeah. it's clearly cool. a lot in this uh, this uh, sci-fi genre type of area. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is written by your favorite writer, yeah, Catherine Powers. Yeah. We yeah. had a big conversation about her uh, last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoping that she would get better, and we found out that she did get exponentially better. It's with brief with the uh, yeah brief candle over yes. against emancipation. Yeah, so we'll see how she does today. Will the trend continue? Well, you'll just have to wait another few minutes to find out. <laughs> the original air date for Thor's hammer was September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, number one on the charts yet again is Honey by Mariah Carey. Yep. Yeah, things are getting really exciting here. Um, yeah. Just, just fix it in post, Brent. Yeah, I'm not, no, no, <laughs> I'm not going to attempt to try to uh, get up to where Mariah Carey gets, so. Right. Uh, and Candle in the Wind by Elton John is also up at the top of the UK charts. Again. Again. Yep. I think... It changes next week. That'd be more exciting. Yeah, yeah. It'll be nice to have something different. At the box office, we have The Peacemaker, In Uh and Out, Soul Food, The Edge, and The Game. So So last time we talked about In and Out. out. Yeah. And (laughs) and I didn't know what it was. And and Julie, who was my wife, who was uh, listening to us record this, was talking to uh, your girlfriend, Megan, yes, and saying, yes. oh, I know what that movie is, blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then she, you know, mocked me mercilessly afterwards. It was a, a similar experience on my end. Uh, I was talking with Megan about it, and she's like, yeah, we were talking about that movie. It was with, uh, oh, gosh, I can't uh, Kevin Klein. his name right now. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, right, I did see that movie. Yeah. It was entirely forgettable, but I saw it. Yep. So, do you know anything about the Peacemaker, Brent? Yeah, it's a uh, exotic weapon. No, I don't know. I actually don't know anything <laughs> about the Peacemaker. <laughs> it's the name of a nuclear missile. I have no idea. I don't know yeah. anything about that. Um, no. But uh, so those are the movies that people were watching when this episode mm-hmm. aired. Also, mm-hmm. apparently, there was an earthquake in Italy causing part of the Basilica of St. Francis of Assisi to collapse. Hmm. I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. Um, I mean, granted, in the fall of 97, I was in my own little world, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, I was a freshman in college, I think. Mm. No, I don't remember. Freshman or sophomore. Uh, Seattle Mariner Ken Griffey Jr. hits his 56th home run of 1997. Yeah, now I do remember that the following baseball season, though that was the big, um, that was the one, right? That was the that was the season with uh, uh, Sammy Sosa and oh, the guy from the Cardinals, um, uh, and they were in the home run, oh like, yeah, chase, right? They were, yeah. they, were, they, were, they, were they were doing their thing. I don't know. You are talking, Brent, to someone who does not care much about <laughs> baseball. Uh, talk about football, and I'll follow you. Baseball, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Baseball, yeah. baseball, hit something with a stick, blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay, so uh, let's get back to uh, Stargate, shall we? Yes. We kind of went yes, around, the, around the corner a bit. Okay, trivia here. Uh, the mm-hmm. voice of Thor, the Asgard, is provided by Michael Shanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and James Earl Jones! James, James Earl, Earl Jones! Jones! 
Oh, wait a minute. Michael Shanks. I'm That's like, Dr. that Jackson. sounds familiar. And I'm like, oh, right. Like, <laughs> oh. So, hey. so audience, that awkward pause when I said Michael Shanks and Brent went, was Brent's uh-huh. gears in his brain literally going crunch, crunch, ow. Well, then that's kind of that's kind of great. Now I want to see that scene again, so I could be like, "Yeah, it's totally him." You are in Asgard, whatever. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, all right, all right. So and that's yes, what I have James for Earl Jones. James Earl Jones is playing mm-hmm. uh, voices the Unas in this episode. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So I did not tell. I knew this from before. I did not tell Brent when when we uh, watched this live. So if you listened to last week's podcast, uh, we were actually in the same space, and we got to record, and we got to watch Thor's hammer together, mm-hmm. and we did record other live commentary on it. And maybe if Brent, maybe you know we had some technical issues throughout that. So if it works, we'll get it out there for you, and you can uh, watch along with us commenting yes. on it. But I did yes. not tell him James Earl Jones was in it, and when he saw it flash across the screen, he's like, ah! "Yep, yep." I uh, I definitely, uh, but I think uh, I imagine probably what happened in real time is that the title card came up, and uh, my brain read the words James Earl Jones, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, all right." And then it was probably a good like second after the title card came up that I'm like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> James Earl Jones!" So. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get that audio, all those fun, goofy things. Whatever, I'll figure it out. I'll see if I yep. can figure it out. All right. Uh, shall we go through a synopsis? Let's do it. All right. So this synopsis is, once again, from Stargate Command Wiki with a lot of my own edits. Because they have bad grammar. <laughs> and sometimes they put things in order that doesn't make very good sense. So I f- oh, try to fix it. nice. Uh, All right. General Hammond and SG-1 are in the briefing room discussing a new theory Dr. Jackson has come up with. I'm not going to do that anymore. Examining the... I was like, okay, all right. Examining the very traditions of gods throughout Earth's history, Jackson finds two basic options. Gods that control and lord over their subjects, i.e. the Goa'ulds, and gods that are helpers and caregivers to the people. If found, these good gods might become allies against the Gua Wold. Uh, one such set of good gods are the Norse gods, Thor and all of his buddies from Asgard. Sorry, I, I. All right, a little bit of a little bit of Led Zeppelin. Sorry, okay, okay, uh, carry on. okay, 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 okay. Uh, Jackson believes that Thor was an alien, and his legendary weapon, Thor's hammer or Mjolnir, was an alien device that could be an invaluable weapon against the Goa'uld. Mm-hmm. Mjolnir, or as O'Neill says, mohair. There Does he go. say mohair? Yeah, because, you know, he's like, let's go find this hall of mohair, or something like that. I, I totally didn't catch it. Anyway, all right. All right, all right. Well, all right. <laughs> Teal'c sees the symbol of the hammer displayed in Dr. Jackson's notes and shares that he has seen that symbol before. It represents the world of Samaria, a world that was banned by the Gua'uld. And Jaffa and Gua'uld alike are taught the symbols so they know not to go there. Any who have gone to Samaria have never been heard from again. That's a little bit daunting if you're a Gua'uld. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Hearing all of this, Hammond sends SG-1 to look for Thor and his hammer on the planet Samaria. Before departing, the Major General gives SG-1 a box requested by Dr. Jackson and created by the Sagan Institute to show friendship to the good aliens they hope to encounter. SG-1 travels to Samaria. Upon arrival, they encounter a group of people who laugh at them and begin to chant the name Thor. Thor, Thor, <laughs> Thor, as a giant stone hammer starts humming as some kind of energy seems to be building up. The stone hammer scans each member of SG-1 with a beam of light, bypassing Daniel, Sam, and Jack before settling on Teal'c. He begins to cry out in pain as the beam of light seems to envelop his lower torso. When Colonel O'Neill tries to push him out of the way of the beam, both disappear, leaving Jackson and Carter by themselves stunned. O'Neill and Teal'c appear inside a cave. They are greeted by a hologram recording of Thor. Thor informs them that the Goa'ulds are trapped in his labyrinth. If Teal'c were to attempt to leave, his symbiote would be killed. In addition, they are also told that the Goa'uld weaponry will not work there. Fortunately, however, uh, O'Neill's weapons do work. Meanwhile, Gerwin, a resident of the nearby village, approaches Carter and Jackson at the gate. They introduce themselves. Carter and Jackson want to know where their friends were taken. Gerwin does not know, but she leads them to Kendra, the only person who could help them find their missing friends. Kendra was once a Gua'uld host. She convinced her beast that Samaria must hold great riches to be banned. She came to Samaria and spent time in the labyrinth. Hoping only for a quick death, she found herself free from her captor instead. She agrees to help, perhaps unwillingly, to help find Jackson and Carter find the labyrinth. Inside the labyrinth, O'Neill and Tilk realize that they are not alone. They discover that an Unus, the first host race used by the Gua'uld, is alive in the cave, and he is a dangerous foe. Since Teal'c's staff weapon does not work inside the cave, he and O'Neill rely on bullets to try to kill the alien. This appears to work, but only in appearances. Teal'c and O'Neill find the exit to the cave, but to exit the cave they must pass through an energy field that will kill the Gua'uld symbiote. Unfortunately, the Unus followed them to the exit, but O'Neill and Teal'c come up with a plan to defeat the Unas. Tilk forces the creature into the door of the cave, killing its symbiote. Tilk nearly dies himself, but O'Neill is able to pull him away before that happens. Carter, Jackson, and Kendra arrive soon afterwards. Thor's hammer could be used to save Share and Skara, but Tilk is trapped now. Jackson takes Tilk's staff weapon outside the cave and uses it to destroy the energy field so that Tilk can escape. This act effectively destroys Samaria's only defense against the Gua'uld. Hopefully, they won't show up anytime soon. Before SG-1 leaves the planet, they leave the Sagan Institute box made by a special alloy for Kendra to give to Thor if he ever returns to the planet. Maybe one day the people of Earth will meet Thor's people in real life. The End 
And at this point in time, I inform you all listeners that uh, I lost Brent on our FaceTime. So now I must try to call him again and hope that it works. Hmm. Did he try to call me at the same time that I tried to call him? Yes, in fact, he did. Let's try again. I'm back. You're back. Hi, Brent. Hi. Hi, Zach. So I I noticed that you left, but I decided that I would finish my synopsis. Yes. And then I would say, well, everybody, I have lost Brent. But now he's back. (laughs) He's been found. The lost has been found. Yes. So, yeah. All right. So, uh... Brent, assuming that you actually heard all of the rest of that, which I know you didn't. I sure did. Just assu- you, you did. No, no. The call. The, so our call dropped. Uh, let's see. I think you had like a paragraph left. Like it oh, was. Yes. It was right yes. there at the end. Yes. Uh, so the the last paragraph happens. Yes. So Brent, uh, tell me, what did you think of Thor's hammer? I loved this one. It was a lot of fun. So, so a couple of things happened on this one for me. First off, right away, within the opening minute, uh, that they opened up the entire new avenue of lore to tap into was tremendously exciting for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. that this thing turned from uh, this uh, story that kind of seemed to only have Egyptian gods play a part, and yet also there was, or no, I guess Pelops was a Greek was he Greek? Whatever. Anyway, but, yeah, he you know, was they Greek. Were start- but he was also yeah. the first one that wasn't obvious. Well, I don't know. I mean, we'd, we'd heard about the, the Minoans, which are ancient Yes, culture. that's right. That's true. We had heard about um, uh, Emancipation had the Mongols. Yes. Which really, really doesn't fit timeline. But Nope. Not at all. Um, but yeah. But yeah. But, like, right away, and then, of course, it was, I mean, it wasn't a throwaway line. Um, it, I don't know, it was really, really cool to just kind of hear this really casual reference to how, oh, yeah, no, we, we've kind of determined that the ghoul didn't build the Stargates. Yes. I know. I know. As soon as I was, as soon as that was said, I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these mysterious creatures that built the Stargates? Yes. Oh, I am so excited to learn more about that. Like, extremely excited. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, the, yeah, the, 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 uh, the expansion of lore, the addition of the concept that there are other aliens out there who have built the Stargates and the ghoul, ghoul they're just hitching a ride with it. Um, and then, like, having it be written by Catherine Powers, like, my mind was just blown. Right. Like <laughs> I, I couldn't, I could barely handle it. <laughs> yeah. So I might be giving her a, a, an overly exuberant review um, just because, uh, y- you know, if I were watching this straight up, I probably wouldn't really notice who the writers were as time went on. I would just been like, wow, that emancipation episode was terrible. Hey, this, uh, this uh, Thor's hammer episode is pretty great. And I wouldn't really kind of appreciate that it was written by the same person. Um, well, I'm going to echo that because I have watched this series countless times, and until we started doing this podcast, I would not have been able to tell you who the writers were. Yeah. Super interesting, though, that so, now that we're dissecting it like this, that yeah. it's, like, it's evident, and and uh, it's, it's fun and exciting. And then there were just, like, all these little kind of cool things, right? Like, I, um, it was just a well- 
written. It was well written. It was pretty well directed. It was definitely well shot. Um, the, there were moments where like it looked like there was something that was going to have a continuity problem, and then they explained it pretty easily and pretty quickly, and it just made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what the healer's name was. I think you mentioned Kendra. it, but I just went Kendra. That's right. Um, uh, you know, at first I was like, "Huh, she doesn't look very Scandinavian," and then it's like, "No, she's not." Or wait, was she not? No, she, was she was not like, Scandinavian. Some, yeah, but, no, she was a she was a host. She she yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like why she was there using Google technology, right? Like it, 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 I get it. It was part of the story, but on the same token, I was, a, I was readying myself for a disappointing answer um, before it was revealed. And it was like, Oh yeah, no, that's great. That's, a, that's, that's pretty okay. Like yeah. she, she came here, she figured out a way to kind of manipulate her Gould um, uh, parasite into doing something and uh you know took advantage of the situation and so you know there's the and plus that's another little juicy story element for the season on the whole right if if this season starts with uh somehow we got to save Sharae and Skara then you know these little pieces of information are turning into something that's pretty pretty cool right like mm-hmm. they're not just yeah. lost they could still be around there are technologies out there that can probably free them from this thing it's not going to require right. a botched operation <laughs> <laughs> right well remember in the very first episode um uh oh, <clears throat> jackson is is standing there and it's like something of the host must survive and and the basic response is nothing of the host survives and yeah. yet here we now discover that something actually does survive yeah. that whoever that 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 uh uh, host is or was does still exist somewhere in there, but is being on some level suppressed to more or less degrees, depending on the will apparently of the host. Yeah, no, it's pretty great. Um, and I'm about to say kind of par, well, it's par for my expectations of television writing anymore. Um, which I mean to say that, you know, that there's definitely, this feels like there's this transition period that's happening because like, this is, this was stuff that was airing in the late nineties and, uh, so much up to this point was very episodic and, uh, in a relatively short amount of time from this point, it's going to be much more focused on story arcs through seasons. Uh, I'm just talking about writing in general, television writing in general. Um, and, uh, it's, it's nice to see it. It's nice to see it kind of coming to fruition, uh, so I'm it was really cool. And then there was also other little things too, like listening to James Earl Jones yell at somebody and uh, me constantly thinking to, and they of course they picked an actor that was also seven feet tall. So I couldn't help but make a bunch of Darth Vader references. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I think at one point I was making a joke about how they were gonna rule the galaxy as Unas and Sun or Unas and Teal. I can't remember what I said, but uh, yes. it, was, it was fun. I That's liked it. impossible. Right. No. no! <laughs> all right. I'm going to spoil it for y'all. Darth Vader is in fact Luke Skywalker's say, oh, father. Oh, you said it. I did. Oh. I am totally spoiling a movie oh, that is somebody older out there than right I am. Now. Somebody out there much, who has been free from. Yeah. <laughs> that has no idea about the Star Wars story. And has listened to our episode because they care so much about science fiction, but they haven't seen Star Wars, and they were really looking forward to hearing about it. And now they're now they're just disappointed. Yeah. Although, okay, 
full disclosure, to be fair, the original Star Wars, the first one is just a smidge older than me, but uh, I am, in fact, older than Empire Strikes Back. So uh, I amend briefly, slightly, my previous statement. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, yeah, what did you like about it? What did I like about it? So, you know, full disclosure, uh, I got busy, and I got a lot of other stuff done on the show notes, and to write down all of the good and the bad uh, is did not get written down, so it's all coming out of my head. Uh, I just <laughs> love this episode. Um, uh, I love the introduction of Thor's race as a potential good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's exciting to me. Um, uh, I get to know what happens later. Brent doesn't know, so I can't say anything more about that. But I love this. Um, uh, I hear you go, neener, neener, neener to Brent. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, I, I enjoy that. Uh, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting, so uh, Jackson has the Sagan Institute produce this this box of, of stuff. And the cover of it is a picture of, you know, your nuclear family of a, a man and a woman and two children, mm-hmm. a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. And did you notice what's behind them in that image? It's, well, wasn't it the, it was it's the, the Stargate, Stargate symbol. Yeah. Symbol for earth for earth. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. Except for why would the Sagan Institute right. have that information? No, <laughs> they shouldn't have that information. I mean, there's a possibility. I guess we could try to think to ourselves that the amount of involvement or engagement of other agencies is starting to increase or that a very limited piece of information was given. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I suppose. But yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, the, the, the best retcon of that is to say that the outer casing was made on site. Um, but that doesn't really quite fit with everything else that was said. But Dr. Jackson, still. after he gets the box, like squirreled it away into his uh, quarters with a with a little tiny awl and just hammered out. Just tick, 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 yeah, tick, but he didn't you know, know about it until that moment. Oh, that's a good point. So maybe Radar yeah. did it. <laughs> radar, that's who did it. Can we start doing that? Can we just blame Radar? Sure. If there's something that's unexplained, we'll just attribute it to Radar. Sure, Radar did it. Radar did there it. There you go. <laughs> that, that, that is uh, uh, Brent's theory. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a sound theory. Um, uh, I guess that would be did it. I, I loved this episode because it is consistent. And it, 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 it doesn't, I mean, like last week, we were just talking about loopholes after loopholes and, you know, faux pas and, oh, and yeah. everything. But this just seems to fit. Uh, it does strike me a little bit odd that after hearing that uh, the under basically penalty of death, the Guawuld shouldn't go to this planet. They're like, hey, hey, Teal'c, why don't you come along without doing any type of recon of that first? But, oh, yeah. you know, OK, I'll let that one slide because you literally don't have the rest of this story if that doesn't happen. Right, right. Well, um, but there is also another piece that was in my little list of bad which is related to that a little bit, which is to say, okay, fine. Thor's hammer lights up and starts scanning people. And instead of just like obliterating a person, like clearly they have the technology to right. Cause at the end of the show, we see that the hammer is actually this like doorway thing that like kills ghoul symbiotes. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of weird that the hammer thing 
when you first walk through the Stargate, instead of scanning for Gua'uld and then when it finds one, just nuking them, uh, it, 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 instead it transports them into this, you know... Well, okay. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here based, uh, hopefully, on only what we know from this episode. So Uh what we know from this episode is that uh, the the Asgard, Thor's people, are aliens. Yeah. That they have some sort of technology that at least rivals the Gua world. Mm -hmm. We also know that they uh, took uh, the personas of, quote, good gods— Right, gods who would not just go off and kill somebody willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, you know, it was even asked. Uh, uh, Carter asks um, uh, Garwin, uh, "Would would Thor ever kill a human uh, in order to get rid of a Gua'uld?" And and she's like, "Never. Thor would uh-huh. never do that." So. Something here, you can see this, This while it is elaborate, I'm not going to argue that, uh, there is something here that uh, rather than just simply eliminating uh, the Gua'uld by oh, walking see. through the Stargate, uh, you put this the Gua'uld in a place where ultimately the only choice the Gua'uld has is either to free their prisoner by killing mm-hmm. themselves or mm-hmm. whatnot, or... Mm-hmm. Uh, just being stuck in the labyrinth forever and ever with an Unus that apparently wants to kill you um, or something. Um, but it's, but it's uh, strangely susceptible to kinetic weaponry. Well, only for a short spell. Yeah. Then then he becomes so, alive um, again. Now, zombie. here's an interesting little th- thought here. Uh, we learned something new about the Gua'uld. <laughs> the ghoul did not take humans as host originally. Uh, yeah, true. And we also learn that, well, clearly what we know of the ghoul so far is that they're arrogant and egotistical. Mm-hmm. And they're also vain, right? We learned this from Kendra, that being beautiful was not a good thing. Because if you were beautiful, then you would right. get taken by the ghoul as right. a host. Mm-hmm. So now we understand a little bit as to why Pelops was doing what he was doing in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Because they basically gave up on the Unas because they were ugly, <laughs> presumably. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they were big and they were strong yeah. and they were tough and resilient. Yeah. Now, comparatively, the human body is rather frail, even yes. with the powers of the Gould inside of it. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. now you can kind of understand why Pelops might be doing what he was doing, because if you can get the strength and power of, of humans to rival that of the Unas, then you have the ultimate The host. ultimate beautiful, powerful weapon. With the flowing locks of hair. The flowing locks of hair. No, Thor didn't have... Golden locks. I think that I think but they missed Thor an opportunity was an, there. Was was an Asgard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, right. And, so, and yeah. he had a helmet on, so it was hard to tell what kind of hair he had. I thought he had some flowing locks. Whatever. He, yeah, he, okay. he did have some long hair, but um, it's hard to tell what it was. And apparently, he was voiced by the guy that uh, plays Doctor Jackson, and I yeah. totally missed it. Yep. So um, let's see here. What else did I like about this episode? Um, uh you know, I found it odd that that Carter and Daniel were having a big argument about the uh, uh, the the mental state of Kendra, basically while Kendra was uh, 
uh, right around, uh, right there, so she could hear it, and uh, I lost Brent again. So now I have to hit accept, because he's calling again. Hey, Brent! Sorry. You were uh, saying, they were having yeah, an argument saying, about the mental state. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, Carter and and Daniel were, were sitting there arguing about the mental state of Kendra while she was within earshot. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, while, while, okay, so good on Daniel for defending her and whatnot, but Carter, come on, right. you know, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> well, uh, you know, she can't uh, understand us. Wait, she can totally understand us. She can totally understand. Uh, so that was kind of uh, interesting. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, not necessarily, a little odd, but not necessarily bad. Um uh, so speaking so. of being able to understand, um, ha- have we gotten an in-universe explanation as how everybody can understand each other yet, or no? We're just rolling with it. Um, I don't think we have. I don't think so. I don't think we have any uh, in-universe uh, reason for that. It just okay. happens. Mm-hmm. And I am fairly certain that we're not going to get one. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just just one of those... Those uh-huh. things that that uh-huh. kind of is there. There it is. Okay. All right. It's so. it's oh, the only. It's just uh, I, I I that one is probably going to be one of those moments that or one of those things that I'm going to have a hard time letting go of because uh, I'm just that guy. I'm just that guy. You I, are that guy. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. So I so with that, I would just say, um, uh. Just roll with it. Live with it. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um, so let's see here. What else can I say about this episode? Um, I liked the contrast uh, visually from the dark cave and the, the bright outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I thought that that worked well and how those two stories uh, were woven well together. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Uh, you know, I, I liked it. This was, yeah, this was well directed. This was well shot. This is pretty well written. I mean, yep, it's a pretty solid episode. Yeah. So I do have a couple of odds and sods that I pulled off of the Stargate Command wiki. If you would like to hear uh-huh. them, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is, of course, the first time that we hear of the Unus. Unus. Uh, we will probably hear more information later. Ah, okay. Ooh. All right, so there's a teaser. Uh, this also uh, marks the first time we hear about the ghoul leadership. There's a, a, a system of lords mm-hmm. that, you know, the system lords uh, were referenced by uh, the hologram of Thor. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Teal's symbiote is nicknamed Junior. <laughs> Did you catch that? I don't know if you caught that one or not. I I, uh, um, I I can recall them talking about Junior, but I don't remember this being the first time they talked about Junior. Uh, well, this is the first time they talk about Junior. Okay. Um, uh-huh. That's also going to come back later. Um, okay. It's going to be one of those fun things. Um, yeah, so uh, the Sagan Institute box is, of course, in homage of Carl Sagan, the famous mm-hmm. American astronomer, astrobiologist, and highly successful science popularizer, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then uh, Marduk was briefly mentioned, and we'll hear his name again 
uh, in a later episode. Mm-hmm. But you'll have to wait a few seasons for that. Mm, okay. So don't don't stress yourself on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I'm not gonna. And then also, like, you know, only, only yeah, the only the keen listener would remember. Oh, I don't yes. remember that name. Um, another reference that kind of uh, pulls you towards uh, uh, Star Wars is uh, Garwin's line: "Aren't you a little short for gods?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, apparently the Unas had a name, Ruox. I don't think that's ever mentioned in the episode itself. No, I thought his name was Unas. Yeah. I didn't realize that the species was Unas. Well, I don't know. I'm just reading what's on the page here, and so there huh. you go. Well, maybe um, he was, just, you know, so just like a person named Person. There you go. Uh, I think that's kind of all I have. I like the episode. Me too. Uh, I had fun with it. And uh, Catherine Powers, you have given yourself a pass. You totally redeemed yourself. Yes. Maybe not totally. Not totally. But okay. So, so emancipation is still there. Oh, boy. And oh we boy. still want to burn that pile of stuff. Oh, boy. That was a bad episode. That was a bad episode. But I will and say brief- this, Brent, and I maybe mentioned mm-hmm. it at that point in time. It does not get any worse than Emancipation. Which is good, because that was, what, the fourth episode? Third or fourth episode? I mean, it was pretty early on. Uh, Pilot? Yeah. Um, Then it was The Enemy Within, and then it was Emancipation. Yeah, yeah. So we got that out of the way pretty fast. Yep. Yep. Good. So. uh, Okay, Brent, now it's time for our ratings. Time for our ratings, yeah. Out of seven chevrons, Brent, Uh how would you rate... Thor's hammer. Okay. So, uh, I am still going to try to hold out on giving an episode a seven unless it reaches some kind of transcendent property of magnificence that I have not yet seen except for rare occasions on television. So, uh, even though I am just gushing, uh, with positivity about this episode, um, uh, I think I'm going to, I'll give it a six. I was debating as to whether or not to give it a five because um, though it is a nice tight episode, it is well shot, well written, well directed. Uh, you know, a six feels like one of these like, you know, like, uh, you know, fantastic ones of just like, man, I could totally watch that over and over again. Well, yeah, I could watch this one over and over again. Yeah, it's a six. Yeah, okay. I'm saying, yeah that, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good rating. Yes, I like it. It's a six. six. Okay, my turn. Um, uh-huh. uh, let's see here. What would I rate? Uh, this episode, um, I liked it. I, I just I liked it from beginning to end. I, I happily watched this one. When this one comes, and I re, when I'm rewatching the series, and I come to this, I'm like, oh, it's Thor's hammer. We get to meet the mm-hmm. Asgard for the first time. Sort of, not really, <laughs> but sort of. But you introduced to the Asgard, and it's like, yes. Ooh. And yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. It's a six. Yay! It's a six. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well done, so, Catherine. Yes, Catherine redeems. So Catherine's average of episodes is now like a three and a half. Well, and weren't we talking about that? So it was abysmal. And then this last one was like mediocre, but it was like a sharp uptick. And so we were we were speculating that this one was going to have to knock it out of the park. That is true. Lo and behold, it did. That is true. 
so Brent, you gave uh, Broke a Divide also a six. We yeah. gave the Knox a five, and then I gave it a five and a half. Yep, yeah. uh-huh. yep. Yeah. When we gave this in a six. Oh, that's yep. Okay, so Brent. Yeah. Yeah. Our next episode is an episode entitled The Torment of Tantalus. Yeah. So tell me, what is The Torment of Tantalus? Uh, the Torment of Tantalus. I saw this title um, just before we started recording, and I knew that this question was going to come up. And I'm sitting here like, this thing gives me nothing. I don't know who Tantalus is. I don't think. I don't think it's been, that name has been brought up. So the best I can come up with is that there is this place that is very similar to the world that the Stargate team went to in Brief Candle that is full of milk and honey and pleasure and enjoyment. And uh, in this place, there is this ruler and his name is something when he's born, but just like how popes get new names when they get elected, every person who is the ruler of this place is named Tantalus. And Tantalus the first, Tantalus the third, Tantalus the 72nd. It's almost like a title. It's more like Caesar, right? Uh, It's not quite like, you know, right? But, you know, it it turns into a name. Okay. Right. Now, in this episode, the SG-1 team goes to this place and he and they meet this uh, this leader called Tantalus. And he is he's struggling with this existential question. What is life if if it is nothing but pleasure? How can you know pleasure if you never know pain? And so he seeks, he desires, he yearns for something more, something real, something tragic. And so he embarks on this adventure with the SG-1 team, finding tragedy left, right, and center. And in the, co- in, the and in the process of getting this thing done, he is agonizing over it and so this story shows the growth the hero arc of tantalus but focuses on the torment of tantalus ah yeah sure that, that's exactly what happens brent you nailed it right on the head <laughs> um that's uh, that's yeah okay you do realize that tantalus is uh, a, a greek character Oh. And that the torment of Tantalus is the guy who was stuck in, in you know, uh, six inches of water. And he looks down and, and he water, sees yeah, all of the water and he wants to drink. drink and every water. time he goes to get water, the, it disappears. And, yeah. and, then, and then there's this yummy food. And I thought maybe you were going to get there with this, this food that you were talking about. And, and, and it, you know, the food's close by. But every time he reaches up to get it, 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 it skitters away and and so yeah. he's surrounded by all of this luscious food and water yeah, I remember and, and, this now. and and he he can't get to it because every time he tries it disappears on him that is it's the torment of tantalus yeah that's right thanks for reminding me about my greek mythology there zach there you go yeah so is this story about uh, this dude who can't get a drink of water or, or eat a grape well shall we watch the promo and find out sure fine all right here you got your setup Yep, right. let's rock. Go. O'Neill and Daniel discover a secret Stargate mission from decades ago. That's impossible. 
The man who entered the gate in 1945 was Catherine's fiance. <laughs> Only this rescue attempt is 50 years overdue. Catherine? But this long-awaited reunion... I'll take the professor and Catherine. Oh, my God. Only came with a one-way awesome. ticket. Oh, my God. Does this mean we're not going home? On the next Stargate SG-1. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Speaking of like supercuts that I'm going to need to do, I'm probably going to need to do reaction supercuts because I think I have the same like cycle, right? Because these things are so formulaic, <laughs> right? Like they, they'll true. hit the they'll hit the juicy spot with like four, like three seconds left of the spot, and I'm always like, oh no, what's going to happen? Right? <laughs> Ancient old footage from the 40s. <laughs> This is going to be interesting to see how they tie this one together because the Stargate on Earth wasn't discovered until the... Oh, wait, no. It was discovered in the 20s, wasn't it? Yeah, but they didn't figure it out. In the late 20s. Okay, all right, fine. Right, right. So, okay, so the story's going to be they set the thing up in the 40s and then they figured it out and it's going to be with a giant computer that was the size of a gymnasium and a moth got in there. You know, blah, blah, blah. So, all right. Time will tell. Well, you will have oh, to wait until next time. Oh, was that a pun? Is there a time will tell pun that you just dropped on me right now? Sure. If, if, if uh-huh, you want to think uh-huh. of it as a pun, then you go right yeah, ahead. I got a feeling. All right. So uh, tell us what you thought of uh, Thor's hammer. I was about to say yeah. brief candle. I'm like, that's not no. right. No, this was Thor's. Nah, this tell us what candle. you thought of Thor's hammer. Tell us what you think uh, it should be given out of seven chevrons. Tell us that we are wrong. Tell us that we're mm-hmm. right. Tell us mm-hmm. that you love our hair or think Brent's glasses are weird or my glasses they, are weird. They can't what? see us, Zach. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you want to say I'm a complete idiot, you do realize, Brent, that I was doing that for the effect. Oh, were you? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-E-G-A-T-E. My goodness, I almost missed it. At gmail.com. Or... Yeah. You can uh, message us. Follow, uh, us. Ha- follow us. I don't know Twitter. I don't Twitter. do Twitter. He does Twitter. You, so you get yourself a Twitter bot and you and you get your tweets going. And then when you put the Twitters in the Twitter bot, you punch in the thing at Stargate Walking, S T A R G A T E W A L K I N G, and uh, you'll find us with my one tweet, and, and soon to be right. two. Soon to be too. So you can say like like Brent. Now would be a great time to say just finished recording episode on Thor's hammer. Wait for it coming soon. And then when it comes out, you say Thor's hammer just released. Go here and get it. That's how you operate these things. Is that is that how the Twitter machine works? Oh, well, I don't know. Have anything? I have Twitter machine works, but that's how you should do it. So just finished recording the episode for thor's hammer yeah that's how it works right sure no it's trying to capital hammer this is great this is great radio we got going on here quit auto correcting here hammer capital h tweet all right all right in real time uh, <laughs> tell us what you think. Uh, yeah. Email us. Uh, follow us. Comment on yep. us. Uh, all of the above. Uh, wait with bated breath on our Facebook page, which will come at some point in time in yeah. the future. Yeah. Um, 
We're, uh, we're slowly so. getting our act together. Yes, we are. Now, I'm, uh-huh. gonna, I'm going to say I have been really busy with a play that's just oh. finished. Well, and so now I'm trying to recover from that, and then I can start doing some of the things. You have been really busy with life, as have I. That's half the reason why this thing is so much fun is because it's just – it's. I'm not going to say that it's not – it's a hobby. We're having a great time doing this thing. And Absolutely. anybody listening that uh, that uh, that enjoys that kind of hobby thing, they're gonna they're gonna appreciate what we got going on. It's fine. there you go. So yeah. if you like what we are providing you, if you are having fun with us, then give us a rating, give us a five stars, yeah. uh, share it with your friends, tell everybody that you know. We need to see more people listening to us. Yes, we are getting yes. more people. We are. Uh-huh. We have like fifty. Uh huh. Thanks, fifty. That's not nothing. I know. That's not nothing. Thanks, that, that that and 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 I don't even know fifty people. So I know <laughs> that that some of them out there don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to us ramble on, including for the extra I don't know six minutes that we've been just kind of chattering out at the tail end here. <sighs> so. Uh, we love you yeah, guys. thanks for com- thanks for uh, joining us on this journey through the Stargate. Yeah, uh, we'll see you next time. Yep, and see you next time. Bye, Carter. Dial it up. Get these people home.